0: in the pool, that is not cool, I need the tools, take me to school, feet first, into this league, me first, that cannot be, under the underdog, Monica G, feeling a whole lot better suddenly, I get in, winning, winning again, You one and two in the bag, and I'm going for three, that is the beat, down, god of the best, so I keep, now, y'all treading water for weeks, now. Nah, now I'm the shark, so I eat, now, nah, look, I am not sorry, I understood the pump from which I started, and never getting these drafts is cathartic, so, the invite to party yeah dynasty underdog right down up at a day in the night now easiest as flying a kite now come take a look at it right now dynasty underdog right down up at a day in the night now easiest as flying a kite now come take a look at it
1: right now hey everyone welcome to episode 147 of dynasty underdog i'm your host geraiad Dawkins. Join me tonight billy beeman josh goldberg how's it going guys good man good man how are you i uh, pretty good you know tomorrow's my birthday so you know the older you get the less it matters but like still, you know when it's that time you're like all right like the wife is not going to ask me to do anything you know no chores no nothing so <laughs> you know it's not going to be some big party i'm not going to go out and rage or anything but i get to like for sure relax and then have whatever dinner i want so
0: so how old is that though
1: oh god 38
0: wow wow i mean you're looking sharp for 38 brother oh, thanks, so man. good man i'm wondering yeah. if the
1: light hairs in my beard are gray or it's just blonde but
0: yeah. <laughs> we'll go with blonde right we'll go yeah, with blonde I'm hoping. <laughs> but
1: yeah no uh life's good so that's good let's hop into some news and nonsense so this i mean this happened like shortly after i think we recorded last week so it wasn't didn't make it on our sheet last week it seems like the news is really old but uh DeAndre Hopkins was released from the Cardinals, and ever since then it's been like DeAndre Hopkins, you know, watch like where's he getting to go? Like, you see like the Instagram photos, like oh he was spotted in Houston, oh he was spotted in Philly, like you know, it, it, it's fun. He still has a lot of juice in the tank. Like last year he when he came back from suspension he was he was balling out, right?
0: I feel so. like we're gonna see. He he was in the Miami airport with a picture oh. of like oh, yeah. the Larry Fitzgerald thing or whatever. The, the... Oh
2: my God.
0: I can't believe nobody's done that already. I mean, I'm sure they have. They probably have. Absolutely. I actually, I just got done. I was just telling Josh before we hopped on. um, I just got done doing a video for DFF on the DeAndre Hopkins release. Just like a a quick reaction video. Like you said, it's a couple days, week, whatever, after had some time to digest, but I think there's a lot of opportunity for Marquise Brown left over with, with D hop leaving. Obviously D hop is, is the big story and wherever he goes. And it's, Really, Buffalo and KC are the big suitors. Patriots want him, but he doesn't want the Patriots. So, what the hell are we doing? So, you know, obviously, if you have the option between Kansas City and Buffalo, that's big news. But I was looking at it, and just Marquise Brown was was electric and elite. Like wide receiver five, wide receiver seven, in points per game. The first six game of the, the first six games of the season with D Hop out, right? And and obviously, no Kyler Murray and all that, but everybody's telling me Kyler Murray could make it back for the season. So um, I'm pretty much doing a a short of my video right now for you guys, but um, there's a lot of opportunity there. He's been great. So I, you know, he's wide receiver. What was it? Wide receiver 38. If I remember correctly, I don't know something ridiculous where he's like at the end of the seventh round. That's the story to me right here for dynasty. Like go ahead and get you some Marquise Brown before everybody catches on.
2: I mean, what are you able to still buy him or you think he's overpriced?
0: It depends. I think that there's some players uh, I don't have. I can look at the rankings right now and tell you, I think there's some players you could probably sell for him plus, And that's kind of what I would be looking to do. Right. Like, could you sell Debo for Marquise Brown plus DJ Moore for Marquise Brown plus, uh, you know, Chris Godwin Marquise Brown plus like, could you get those kind of deals done? And I think you could, like, if you could add like a, you know, you know, people like to, we were just talking about the off season, get your second round picks, right? People just like to throw those things in. So maybe go out there, try to get a second round pick on top of one of those guys. He's 25 going on 26. I mean, that's what another four years of, of prime production. And, and he's in a free agent. He's free agent year. Like the kid's going to try to ball out. Let's be honest. Right. He's no matter what the situation is, if he's healthy, he's great. So. I don't know. I was just looking at it, looking at his profile, kind of looking at the other guys there. I mean, Rondo Moore, interesting. Michael Wilson, interesting. Sure. But we know what Marquise Brown is, and he's cheaper than he should be. So before everybody catches on, before his price goes up too high, I'd go out and grab him.
1: I like that. And with the stud passer, like Clayton Toon thrown to him, it's going to be awesome.
0: <laughs> yes, thank you. Oh, my God. That's, that's why I love doing this show with you. It's beautiful.
1: All right, uh, some more news. Jimmy G failed his physical, uh, I guess a couple months back, and it's still not determined yet if he's going to be able to pass his physical. That's sparked some Tom Brady possibly going to the Raiders type news, which we all know is (laughs) hogwash, and he came out and uh, said he's definitely not playing, which I think we kind of all knew at this point. But, I mean, are you concerned if if Jimmy G's like your, I don't know, QB2, QB3, And Superflex, are you concerned about him not, you know, having a place to play this year? Or do you think he's inevitably going to pass his physical? No, he'll end
2: up passing his physical. He's who they want there. I mean, this whole thing, I think, is blown out of of proportion. He'll be back by
0: training camp and be fine.
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree.
0: I definitely agree, too. Uh, I think all of this, I mean, not I think, he failed his physical. So, I mean, that's not great, let's be honest. But yeah. for the Raiders and why the news came out, it's all about the contract. Like, they basically just got to pay him a lot less or push the money ahead. Um, so, it's a lot more advantageous for the team. That's kind of what's happening there. For me, though, I hadn't really, like, digested it enough. or I just hadn't thought about it in this way. to just I think other people are going to probably be worried about it you could probably get Jimmy G really cheap right now, like really, really cheap. Oh, yeah. So it's probably an opportunity to go out there and like throw a third and and some like, you know, rookie that people are excited about and go get Jimmy G. I
1: liked it a lot. All right, uh, next one, Brees Hall. This is a quote from Robert Sella and one of his pressers. He said that Brees Hall is already hitting 22 miles per hour on the GPS, which is, you know, that's, if anybody pays attention to that when they do the like next, next gen stats and all that, like the fastest players on the field, et cetera, et cetera uh 22 is really really good number and he says i'm optimistic optimistic he'll be ready for week one now this is like where we go back to you see like the twitter docs and the historical data for players coming off of those types of injuries and you always just kind of wonder like as uh, this coach speaks, should i really be paying attention to this uh how do you guys feel about
2: that quote i mean as a great Hall uh, owner i'm excited sure <laughs> but I mean, no, I don't. I don't think they should rush him. I don't think they should rush him back at all. He's super young. He has a super really bright future ahead of him. If he doesn't come back to game three or four, what what's the difference?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I definitely agree. I'd, I'd prefer him sit, relax, like not come back week one. I hate I hate all the talk about all the guys coming back week one. I'm like, same with like Javante. Any of these guys, even if they're people you know players that don't roster, it's like just let them. You know get their, get their legs up under them and, and, you know, kind of get back into it. I, I, I just think that's a mistake, but that, that being said, it could happen. I saw, I saw a video of him running. He looks fine. So, you know, I mean, I think by, I think by week one, they're probably going to try to play him. And That's good news. It is good news, but it's just, you know, as, as somebody who's cautious and risk averse, you, you really want to see them just kind of slowly, let them adjust back into the game because it's going to get intense (laughs) real quick. Yeah.
1: The only other thing I think about is like, you know, this is breeze hall. He's going to be just fine. You know, he only had one year in the league. He's a young dude, right? He's going to be fine. But I think there's a possibility that they do try to put him out there as like, you know, lead back week one. And he's lost a step because he's not quite all the way healthy there. Maybe that goes on for, you know, through week two, week three. And people are like, oh this just ain't good and you get a, a manager owner who's like scared i guess right or scared to hold on what do they call it uh, paper hands in the trading the trading industry <laughs> and they're like oh man i got to get out on this guy so like maybe maybe you'll be able to. in certain leagues you'll be able to get one of these guys if they do start week one and they're looking a little sluggish like this might be a good opportunity to get a really young really talented running back who will will be better so
0: that's that's a good idea kind of a, ch- a good idea
1: shitty way to say it but like man if I really want to get a Brees Hall share a discount I hope they do start in week one and I hope he falls on his face a little bit
0: well it's like the it's like the JK Dobbins syndrome right like where where he came back and obviously he kind of I think he even got injured a couple weeks into coming back like related or unrelated but he was super inexpensive at that time and now he's got a whole bounce back like J.K. Dobbins is going to, you know, be, a, you know, workhorse there. There's nobody else, and and the offense is going to be different, and this, that, and the other. Which I'm, I mean, I'm a J.K. Dobbins fan as much as the next guy. Believe me, but I think to your point, that's a really good example of like what you could see happen. He could, you know, just like not look the same immediately, which is fine because he tore his ACL. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, um, I think that's a really good point, and you should look out for that and try to find a buy window in there if it's there.
1: Cool. All right. Um, this is another one from. I, I pulled some of these from again. I mentioned the, the account on Twitter, last week. It's like at thirty two NFL beat writers or something like that, right? So they just kind of go over, OTA news, camp news, stuff like that. So it's really interesting. Just to kind of gives us stuff to talk about, at least. Um,
0: oh, great! Can't wait for this one. <laughs> well, yeah.
1: Well, yeah. I have the expert here, so this is perfect. I said, right, right, right. one interesting nugget from Mac Jones's presser on Hunter Henry and Mike Kosicki. He said, those two are going to work as a pair, quote-unquote. It might be a different guys at times, but Mike definitely has playmaking ability. I expect we'll see a great deal of two tight end sets
0: this season. Okay. All right. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I th- I'm sure... I think the
1: second quote was from uh, the writer, and the first quote was from Mac Jones himself, so...
0: Yeah. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> uh, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, it's hype season, isn't it? Uh, I I just can't get on board with both of these guys being relevant, you know, <laughs> e- even even in real fi- even in real football, let alone fantasy. I I, I just don't see how how the volume is going to really really go there it, unless unless Bill finds a way to make this like the bargain brand, you know <laughs> Gronkowski and yeah uh, to say it and, yeah. No, but like it's obvious they're they're <laughs> they're so bargain brand. Like this is like nickel and dimes. You know what I'm talking about? Like this is this is not good. So um, yeah, I mean they'll be they'll be working as a pair, pair of I don't know what, but they'll be working as a pair for sure.
2: I mean you have to have a little excitement for Kiseki. I mean, Josh on brand, it. bro. I love it.
1: <laughs> I I love Kiseki. Always have. Like I think he's just. I mean, and there was a it was like a you know how they do like National Tight End Day or something in the NFL or Tight End Week, right? and like they'll always like on the red zone highlight like all the tight end touchdowns and it's like a big thing and they had him mic'd up on the sideline and he's like more like big slot receiver day. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Kasiki is so like self-aware. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: That's why I love that about him, but continue. I mean, it's hard for me to get excited. Like I I'm I'm definitely a, a pessimistic Patriots fan for sure. So, I mean, that's that's part of it, like it I, Yeah. Yeah, I and... just don't, I don't see how like how Mac is going to support you know, the volume we need for those guys to be relevant, especially with Juju, you know, in town. And, and I think they're just going to try to do a lot of different things, get Taequann Thornton involved. Mac hasn't really proven to me that he can throw down the seams, which is what we're going to need to do with these guys a little bit. Whenever he does, it doesn't look good. It's usually a pick, <laughs> overthrow, something I don't want. So um, I'm, I'm a little concerned about, you know, just how it's going to all work out. But Listen, I mean, it, it, you got you, you got something to get excited about. If you want something to be excited about with these tight ends, with Mike Isecki finally, then, yeah, like this is the best situation he's been in because Bill Belichick does love Mike Isecki. He's talked about him his entire career, and, and he finally got him over here, and he's going to try to use him. That's for sure. We hope.
1: Yeah. It's, <laughs> a, it's a little reminiscent. We won't talk about it much more, but it is a little reminiscent like last, uh, not two years ago. Two seasons ago? It, yeah. yeah, it was COVID, COVID year when... Uh, Billichick went crazy during the draft or free agency, and he brought in Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, and everyone's like, "Here we go!"
0: It's, I mean,
1: Gronk uh, and Hernandez.
0: Oh God! So I here mean, it goes again. That, right? But but I mean, listen, if they paid Gesicki what they paid Jonu Smith, I would have been a little happier. Like oh. <laughs> Jonu Smith had never proven anything, and he paid him like like four years, like fifty million dollars or something insane. Yeah so it just it that that was this I'm a lot more excited about this than I was about that pairing I mean Hunter Henry has been really good in this offense but again like he is good yeah if they're gonna split the 10 touchdowns that he got that one year or whatever it was then I don't think we're gonna be as happy as we think we are with either of these tight ends you know what I'm saying like we need one of them to be a lot better than the other unfortunately and you're gonna have to it might be a week-to-week thing, or maybe one is more— and maybe they go Hunter Henry, you block more, and Gasicki, you're going to be the guy who gets most of the targets, you know? But, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know how it's going to work out for fantasy. I don't like it.
1: <laughs> well, I guess one more thing. Taequann Thornton, you see the videos? You think he's going to be a thing?
0: I don't know. Did I I don't think I saw a video of Taequann Thornton.
1: Mac Jones, it was like the hype for like, I don't know, at least an hour and a half this morning. <laughs> oh, well. A whole hour and a half. You know how it works. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Do you? I'm, I mean, I'm he, looking it up right now. He was drafted in the first, right?
0: Uh, no, second round. Second early, second, early second. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm seeing it right now. This this bomb. Oh, okay. Wide <laughs> open, nobody covering him. Yeah, great, fantastic. <laughs> I mean, the guy is a is a walking stick. Like, I...
2: wait, really quick. Speaking of wide open, nobody covering them. Did you guys see the Tampa Bay QB battle? <laughs> the what? They, oh my they, god, they, they could hit not in the broad hit anybody outside of a
0: barn, bro. Those guys. Oh my, that, that's bad. Like Baker Mayfield looks pretty bad and Kyle Trask looks like 6'5", 260 pounds of bad or whatever yeah. he is, like all bad. Like he, they can't, these guys are 10 yards away from them and they can't hit them. It, it's, it's bad.
1: <laughs> like I yeah. legit think I could do better. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That <sighs> whole Tampa Bay offense just, God. Moving on, uh, rookie Luke Schoenmacher uh, dealing with plantar fasciitis, uh, Dallas's new fancy tight end. Anything to be concerned about? I'm I'm not really sure. I know that dudes have played with plantar fasciitis for a while. Amari Cooper's done it for damn near his whole career. Um, as a Cowboys fan, I'm not really worried about it because we have two other like uh, – second year tight ends i think are probably actually going to outproduce schumacher in the first place even if schumacher was 100 percent healthy but uh as a schumacher uh owner rosterer whatever um uh, yeah you know but it but it is what it is right so like you draft these tight ends especially if they're not drafted in the first round in dynasty it's like the whole goal is just to put them on your taxi and just kind of let them let them blossom right there should be a rule for taxi like only first-year players, except for tight ends. Tight ends could sit for three years, because that's basically what it takes. So uh, you can't be concerned about that, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not looking for production this year, so not, if he's going to be good, it, I don't think this is going to hinder him from being good or you know taking the role at some point.
1: All right. So uh, praise for Stroud.
0: Yeah, I I saw I just saw yeah. something come across the uh, the Twitter ticker saying that uh, that he's like instantly taken over the starting role and davis mills is no more i was gonna say that's not hard to do but (laughs) yeah
2: david mills will be starting for tampa this year Oh,
0: okay i like it
1: he's probably better than uh baker chask um yeah it's it's uh that's good i guess for stroud and you know the amount of capital they gave up to him you have to think they want to try to push him out there um I I for almost literally no reason whatsoever have liked Davis Mills because I think it was like his rookie season is really what it did for me is like he when it come to you know passer rating uh, interception uh, touchdown ratio passing yards everything else when Davis Mills came in there he was like he outperformed Trevor Lawrence you know he was he was one of the best quarterbacks period i'm like the one with the worst teams in the entire league so i was like the hope in me i mean i don't know that billy's probably mad at me because we roster him and debbie and i made him like hold on to him because i, <laughs> I i'm insane <laughs> well,
0: what kind of, wait what kind of offers did you turn down for him
1: oh we didn't have any but oh, I just, okay. you know,
0: yeah, no whatever. i it was it was can i please go after jalen hurts and he was like that no, too it's Mills. i'm like yeah, okay yeah yeah wow, wow.
1: You know, hey i didn't say i was good at this No. <laughs> but yeah no it 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 makes sense that stroud would be getting in there early it just absolutely makes sense from a gm standpoint coach standpoint whoever drafted him whoever's uh job is attached to that decision you got to get me out there so if he's looking good doing it that's awesome because uh this is be one of those teams that will be able to buy pieces for cheaply moving forward if he does become good just like You can't do it now with Cincinnati but you could have two years ago you can't really do it now with Miami but you could have like two years ago and I think that we've talked about this before really trying to get ahead on the up-and-coming offenses and then trying to get those pieces while they're still cheap and so if CJ Stroud starts looking good this is a good sign for us in Dynasty it's another team we could kind of pick from right as teams like LA Rams fade off there's only really like one player you really want two players you really want and it was like three years ago you wanted everybody so out with the old and with the new
0: if we want to bring it full circle i think i saw a, a report about deandre hopkins being okay with with heading back to houston maybe now that that would definitely not like i don't buy it really because like why but yeah. i mean i mean maybe make they have, it, make it pay him. i was about to say i don't know their cap situation but i assume they could pay him a lot of money and and then he can go and help CJ Stroud build and maybe he likes Stroud and then that makes Stroud a lot more appealing. And it, obviously he's the target leader there instantly, like 25-30% right target share, easy stud. So yeah, there's that. that's a whole interesting situation too. But I guess my point there is just thinking about like, you know, Marquise Brown could end up there next year. Like a- anybody could end up there next year so you know there's there's a lot of pieces to kind of th- these guys who you might not want right now you know like marquis brown like you should want some of these guys and get them cheap and and you know hope that they end up in these kind of situations but definitely pick from there i mean dalton schultz is probably really cheap in in dynasty i hear a lot of the redraft podcast talking him up a little bit and i'm like all right maybe he's one of those guys that that you know is on that team that could get a lot of a lot of targets from them that we could pick from so
2: there, there's some guys for sure that's actually some really good advice is looking at the upcoming free agent class and trying to buy some of those guys cheaply that you think could blossom on a new team. Yeah.
1: That's an episode right there. (laughs) Boom. Boom. Content.
0: Uh, content. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, definitely. We can do that.
1: Cool. And yeah, you know, uh, Schultz, he was a guy that could like earn the second, you know, uh, be the second target on a team already. Like he's proven that. So that is interesting. All right, let's move on. So, uh, Billy had some thoughts after I kind of botched the ADP thing for a week, but we'll, we'll get back to it next week once I get my ish together. But here's some drafting thoughts, and I thought we could just talk about these before we open the trades. Should be fun. So, how do you guys feel about drafting players you don't love, but hold market value? And this could just go, you know, either startups, rookie drafts, or whatever. Say you're in a rookie draft. And there's a player you're not exactly super high on, but you can't trade back. Don't want to trade back, or you know that hey, other people really want this player, but nobody's willing to move up, or they're asleep because they're in Australia, etc. Which we've seen.
2: <laughs> Damn. You know what I mean? I mean,
1: we, we we're in a lot of international leagues ourselves here, so that does happen. Oh yeah. But would you ever draft a player, startup rookie, um just because you know the market's high on them, and then try to make the push to? Do the work to get the player you do want or
2: value back that you do want i mean i think the biggest thing in doing that is knowing when to sell him because if you think he has this huge high market value and you're holding out for that you never know what's around the corner and how quickly that could crash and then you wasted your pick
0: yeah i yeah i'm definitely a little hesitant to do that like it's, Shocker. it's just <laughs> it creates more work for yourself obviously right like obviously Maybe there's not a player you want. You can't trade back. But I I always feel like there's there's an option that I'm okay with uh, instead of one that I'm not. But that said, I'm just kind of like looking at an example here of, you know, I'm, I'm on Bulletproof ADP looking at Kendra Miller and Jonathan Mingo going before Keenan Allen in the ninth round, uh, before Darren okay. Waller, you know. And, and I guess, that, you know, I'm just kind of looking at opportunity is my point in and can I draft one of these rookies that I'm not a big fan of? Like I, I don't I don't hate Jonathan Mingo. I'm warming up to him for sure. Kendra Miller wasn't a big fan of him pre draft, good landing spot, decent draft capital. So there's there's you know reasons to buy into these pieces for me, even though I don't like them. And then I look at it and I could say, all right, yeah, I could probably sell them too. So you know what I mean? So it it's definitely possible. It's just something I, I don't typically do because it creates more work for myself then I feel like it, it needs to. And I wouldn't trade those guys one-to-one necessarily or anything like that. Cause you don't have to, you can get mm-hmm. off of it. I imagine.
1: I think the startup situation, you know, with rookies in it, um, uh, makes a little more sense where you could take a, like a Mingo, uh, who I'm just not high on at all. But if there's a guy that's getting picked like eight spots later, maybe take Mingo and then try to do the work to, to get the guy plus. Um, but again, it's just extra work.
0: Here, I, I'm looking at this again. Sorry to to jump in, but I think this is a better example. Looking at Rashad White in the seventh, right at seven ten, Rashad White's going right now. Like this guy's not long for a for a starting fantasy role for you, you know. And he's not going to be a running back one for long, if at all. Maybe a, an okay running back two, and probably not that for that long either. So, but he's going. Bef- he's going just after geno smith before marquise brown like like that might be you know that's crazy to me but am i going to be able to draft him and actually sell him for those pieces like i feel like th- that i'm i don't know if i am and that's part of the the dilemma and, and you know i I just think that there's a lot of risk in doing that because i think people can do that and it feel good during the draft but once you see it and like a, in a trade or you're like hmm Rashad White over Marquise Brown. <laughs> like, I don't know about that. <laughs> I,
2: I feel like before we judge that, you also have to look at the roster construction of that team that's picked him. Because if he went super tight or wide receiver heavy in the beginning, you never know.
0: Yeah, that I mean that's just personally not how I I draft. Like I'm gonna go better player every time that has longevity. Like I'm not like I won't draft Rashad White because like I went zero running back and he's there in the seventh. Like I'm gonna actually hope somebody drafts him so that I can draft Marquise Brown. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of how I approach it or whatever other players fall. So, so yeah, like I think that's, yeah, it's, it's definitely very risky.
1: Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. Just like Josh had mentioned earlier. It's just, there's just a lot of risks. You could really be just like left holding the bag. Yeah, right. And the one thing I remember like, uh, was it Dan, Dynasty Nitros? Yeah. I mean, one of was Dynasty Leagues, right. We did a startup and I think it was like the, Third round, must have been like the third round. Was wouldn't be the second, but it was it was kind of early. But Cam Akers was sitting there, and he kind of came off like a couple good games at the end of the season, uh, his first season back from the Achilles. And I'm like, there's so much hype behind Cam Akers before, and he kind of finished the season like decently. I don't want anything to do with him, but I'm gonna pick him up. I bet I could trade him. He's still on my roster. (laughs) 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 Nobody wants him. You know, I I couldn't get anything extra. above what I already paid for him in the start, startup. Um, maybe now, since there's not a lot of competition there, I still might be able to do it, but it's been a whole year where I've been having cam makers on my roster and starting them and just hating my life. Um, this
0: will be the year. So <laughs> this I, will yeah, be I just, the year you're it, yeah. This could be the this
1: this year. The year. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think. So.
0: <laughs> this is the but, one.
1: <laughs> so, so you could really get stuck holding the bag on this. So if there's a player, in my opinion, if there's a player you're iffy on, if you know, I'm not sure about, there's another guy just a pick or two later you know forget adp just grab your guy that you do want or do have faith in um unless you're just really 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 active and like a really good trader then you know go for it but i don't got time for that
0: oh, i'm sorry i want to see where deontay johnson is in relation to to uh our old buddy here that i was just talking about rashad, rashad white yeah he's going <laughs> after rashad <laughs> white also like i just, it's just see there it's you go i blowing uh so yeah, draft Rashad
1: and try to get Deontay yeah, plus. Geez. Or just be stuck with Rashad. Or, or just
0: get one of the other guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not Rashad, <laughs> right? Um yeah, just okay. just you don't have to you do not have to force players like that. I promise, you don't have to do it.
1: You don't have to stick to uh ADP all the way. Okay, next one training a pick while on the clock versus after the draft and trading for the same player that pick became. Okay.
0: Explain yourself, sir. So when you're on the clock, right. And somebody says like, I I want a, a 24 first for pick three, you know, whatever middle of the third round startup pick or middle of the fourth round startup pick or something like that. Right. And you're like, I don't know about that. Right. That pick ends up becoming Cooper cup. And after the draft, somebody sends you Cooper cup for your 24 first or whatever, like the same deal, right. They send you the same deal, but it's the actual player. And then you're like, yeah, no, that, that deal works. You know what I mean? It also may have to do with your your roster construction post draft. Like you might see your team and say, "Wow, like yeah, this player really works for for my team now." But I just kind of wanted to talk through that that dynamic of like uh, of kind of thinking through the difference between you know the unknown of the pick that you're kind of buying, which could be anything of your selection, or because I think this just happened to me. I rejected a trade offer. The pick became Cooper Cup. I didn't even know. I just you know this happened like so far apart. The, the the other manager actually just like mentioned it to me after it happened and i was like that's really interesting like i denied the trade before i think it was uh 24 first and second for cooper cup and that was offered to me on the when he was on the clock and i denied and then uh, post draft he offered me the player and i accepted it
1: okay yeah i get that so yeah when you're on the when you're on the clock especially in the startup rookie draft is different you kind of have a it's going to be like one of three players at, at most, really. I mean, well, yeah, I noticed in rookie drafts, we don't mess around too much until like way later. Yeah. Like your first round is chalk. The, most of the second round is pretty chalk. In a startup, you could, there's a lot of wriggle room. So like if you got offered, if you already had Cup, like in a okay, so you already have an established team. This is not even a startup and you have Cooper Cup and someone said, hey, 24 first and second, and you're probably like, all right, I'll do that. But you got offered a, a a first for. Well, I got offered cup. I got offered, yeah.
0: I, it was the other way around. It was the other way around. But either way, yeah. And so, it,
1: it, it just makes a lot more sense when you have a, a player's name to go with it. And also, I mean, this kind of goes back. This is really going off the rails, but I'm just thinking here. When you're on the clock in like a rookie we're draft, off the rails. <laughs> I, we're I can't help myself. So
0: we're way off the rails here.
1: If, if say say you have the 108, mm-hmm. but like you're in the middle of the rookie draft and. You're only at 104 in the draft and someone sends you an offer for the 108 okay like in almost no instance are you like yeah i'm gonna take that because you're like oh let me see who's there right sure, right? sure. yeah right so it, there's, there's that there's that whole thing especially if you're a little risk adverse like you want to know so making that deal to get a cup or sell a cup away at least you know exactly what it was
0: yeah i mean i think the biggest part of it now that i'm kind of talking through it is it's to me, it's a little more advantageous to not buy startup picks while you're in the startup for your futures because you don't know what your team you don't know what your team's gonna look like. Like anything can happen in a draft. All the good players could be i I've had drafts where they're just like, where'd they all go? And I've had drafts where like it's the twelve it's like the twelfth round and this guy's still here. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like different things happen in every draft. So I think for what it is is that post draft my team is a certain way that deal makes a lot more sense for me to jump up and buy an aged veteran who who's going to score me points when yeah i could have jumped up in and, and got a totally different player just reached for a guy that i didn't need to reach for whatever it was i could have done so many different things at that time and it probably wouldn't have been go cooper cup you know what i mean so yeah, I think there's a lot – it's it's a lot more advantageous to – if you can to hold your futures unless you're just making, like, a really smooth deal, really slick, and you're kind of just, you know, stealing value, then, then yeah, obviously do, do whatever you want. If you're going up, jumping into the first, sure. But I don't think you need to do that for, like, the third-round kind of guys before you know what they are and what your team is. I think that's the point. We got there somehow. We got there. Yeah,
1: I think somehow. it's – kind of a difference between uh, accepting futures um, for a pick that's coming up of yours. And then say you end up, instead of picking in four picks, now you're picking in 16 picks. But hey, you got a 24 second back and you get 16 picks later, you're like, shit, there's nobody here that I want. And you realize at the end of the draft, you're like, wow, this team looks like more like a rebuild. Like Versus there's a player that's still on the clock that you've seen has fallen and you try to move up eight spots, maybe sending your futures to get the guy that you think is being heavily undervalued makes a lot more sense. So there's just a lot of nuance there. Um, just a lot of nuance there. That's a really good discussion. I don't know if we nailed it or not, but
0: yeah. Oh, we definitely didn't nail it, but we got there. We did something like that. <laughs>
1: it's it's, it's it. still, you know, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out, like, there's gotta be a situation where doing one or the other makes a lot more sense.
0: Absolutely, yeah, so, for sure. I mean, I think there's definitely situations where where either would make sense but um as far as constructing a team like i just think it's easier to to hold on to your i i try not to move futures as much as i can during a startup and and kind of assess everything afterward because i think a lot of people buy futures because they're cheaper in the startup when people are trying to move around jump up get vets get win now mode but you don't know that it's going to work out with your team so i just don't think it's smart to do that
1: cool and this last one actually kind of feeds off of what we were just talking about. Maybe we'll come up with something a little more actionable here. But so, how do you guys feel about drafting for rebuild, which you know people call like the productive struggle? Um, essentially, fading first year um, and acquiring draft picks for next year, or draft versus drafting to win now. Um, taking into considering that future picks are going to be involved no matter how you do it. Like, what do you when you went into a startup like? What are you thinking?
0: Yeah, I, it, it goes back to kind of, what was it the first thing we talked about here? Y- yeah, drafting players you don't love. Like, I don't want to create more work for myself if I don't have to necessarily. And I think going the productive struggle route obviously does that because now you have to kind of devise a way to, to build the strongest team, right? Where, whereas for me, if I can try to build a balanced win now team, which is going to have some youth involved in that, some a core couple, you know, maybe two to four players that that are going to hold down the fort no matter what happens, right? And kind of be able to construct their roster around them. I think that it's a lot easier to continue to stay competitive, churn and and rebuild, right? But in shorter windows, uh, when you start from a more win now type team because you're going because when you try to do a win now type team you're really trying to accrue the most value and the most points right like that's that's mm-hmm. really the objective i personally when i go and build a win now team i don't just sell out for vets like i'm not that i just don't think that that makes sense you don't have to there's also players with plenty of years left that that are <laughs> acquirable in a startup so right yeah i just i don't think you need to Draft for a rebuild. It's it can be fun if like you just want to have fun and do that, and like that's just you know what you're feeling. Like by all means, like have at it. Like it is fun to rebuild, but I just prefer to do it from a win now perspective because at some point you're going to have to rebuild that team anyway.
2: No, I think you said it best. Pick a couple key players that you could build around, and go ahead and rock and roll with it. Yeah,
1: just like I've seen. You know, I'm in well quite a few leagues with you. <laughs> you know, I seen that you you know when it comes to future picks, you don't really care. Um, during the. St- Startups, are you more inclined to just uh sell futures to get the players you want? Or, or are you I like I don't see you ever doing the productive struggle. Like I see you always going win now. Which I mean I love. But um
2: win now and trying to get the pieces that could return value.
0: I mean I, I try to have teams that are gonna last for a while, especially like in like three in like, you know, three year windows type thing. Um and then I in year by year you know, you, you basically look at your team and say, which ones are going to lose value. Like Mike Williams is one, I mean, Mike Williams, maybe him too, but Mike Evans is one. Yes. <laughs> Mike Evans is one this year that I've had on a couple of rosters that I've, I've tried to end up gotten rid of. Uh, and those, and you know, I, and again, the teams that I have them on for the most part, <clears throat> the other players I have, I'll have a number of other wide receivers that are young enough where I'm not concerned about maybe giving up a little value and moving Mike Evans. To get off of him before he has no value, you know, so I try to construct the roster in that way i I just think that that that's the best, but you see i don't trade like i don't I don't trade the picks during the startup most of the time I do try to hold them after no matter what like I don't think I did that in any of the du leagues nope. I do like my picks, but i don't mind moving them because when I get va- when I get good value so they're just they're just tools for me just like in debbie they're just tools to kind of you know, acquire great players, but like, I only do it when I'm going to get really good value on those picks. That's, that's the objective, right? Like don't give them up for nothing. That's for sure.
2: Yeah. My whole thing is I rather have a player now that I know of versus the future when you don't know what you're going to get. We've seen so many flops in the draft and everything. And we've seen also so many great players you could grab off the waivers after the original draft is over. That's true. So I rather much rather trade my picks away and grab a player. I know which we'll trade, talk about trade later on where I did that where I know I, I like him, all the talk out of camp is good.
0: So I'd rather push push my chips out, grab him now and hope for the best. I mean, it doesn't always work out, uh, but you can get your picks back a lot of the time. Like in, in console wars, I got like three first back last year when I had none going into the draft. So it's like, there's, there's a lot of potential to kind of do whatever, you know, you need to do. Now, again, it's not, always possible now what you asked me about in the draft like am i going to trade up it's just specifically this point like would i trade future picks to go get up get players i want no i won't that's why i pick at the turns and and that's what what i talked about with like those you know the the proximity paradox and and whatnot like being on those turns (laughs) being on those turns like at the 11 12 or the the one two spot allows you to to kind of be a value hawk and just take what comes to you double hit on on the values that that fall um and and not really reach for guys like right? i never want to do that if, if i if i don't have to because like you're you're almost always giving a value when you say oh i got to go and get this guy like you're going to give up value doing that most of the time and i don't i don't want to have to go get a guy so i try to stay away from that mindset in general
1: yeah I think I'm much more likely to reach for a guy that, like, you know, uh, quote, unquote, shouldn't be drafted to, like, maybe the next round versus sending future future assets to move up to get a guy. So, fun. But yeah, that's just some drafting thoughts. Just talking it out, guys. Oh, yeah. Just talking it out. Love it. All right, let's head, head into some trades and non-trades. I don't have any, so this is all you guys.
2: All right, so I know oh, what help if I put the second part of this trade on here. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, he got him for free. Yeah. <laughs> I um, love it. <laughs> great. Sweet, great trade. Uh, wanted Traylon Burks in a league, um, pretty badly. It was my wide receiver group is not the best, so contacted the owner for there, offered him Corey Davis a twenty fourth third, a twenty fifth first, and a twenty five fifth twenty fifth third, and he accepted it. Very happy with that one. Again, getting rid of the twenty fifth first for a pr- player that is proven and only has a bright future ahead of him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we uh, yeah, we didn't talk about the other one yet, but yeah, no, that's great. I I like that a lot. Burks easily in that in that deal. Um, twenty five first is way out. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's essentially twenty five first for Burks. I mean, Corey Davis is Corey. not going to do Uh, <laughs> he's Corey Davis. Love him. Um, always rooting for the guy. And then you know the twenty fourth third, the twenty fifth third. It's it's the third. Yeah. Um, I'm completely out on those for the most part. So I like
0: this. I like this trade a lot. Love it. All right. This second one is is a trade offer that didn't get done. I uh,
1: uh, you know. Yes. Isaiah
0: Pacheco, Mike Evans, 405 for Jameer Gibbs. Uh, anybody? What? Just thoughts. Uh, yeah, thoughts. Josh? Um, yeah, go, Josh. You're on the – you're trading for Gibbs, right? I don't want to tell you. No. I don't want to tell okay. you.
2: <sighs> uh, uh, I'm gonna have to go with the Gibbs side. I mean, I love Pacheco,
0: but oh, an objective analysis. Yes. Yeah,
2: I like Pacheco, but if Gibbs is half what he's been advertised as, you're going to want Gibbs on that side of it. And Evans, as I'm learning, it's you could barely get anything for him right now, no matter how <laughs> hard you can try. And the 405, <laughs> is a, pretty I mean, much. mean the 405 is the fourth rounder. So yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. This is a uh, this is me and Billy's Debbie team. We're trying yeah. to. Well, I'll get rid of my. Yeah. <laughs> the response
0: from from the manager, there's Ben actually who, which I knew is is just not going to work when when the the manager he's sharp.
1: It's hard to James Ben with him. Ben's sharp yeah. Ben
0: sharp, but he said uh, he said send me a good trade for Gibbs. <laughs> that's that's the response he had for us.
2: Oh
0: my god! Uh, so yeah, not, uh, like, but I I just wonder how far off it is. Like, because I mean, not I mean I know it's far off. Let me not say that. I know it's far off. Uh, I'm just wondering because I think Pacheco has pretty high market value. So I'm, does, so yeah. like Pacheco and Evans seems like it would hold like fairly decent value. So like what would need to be added to that to get to Gibbs? I mean, is it just that like Gibbs is that elite of an asset at this point? No.
2: I don't think so. But two things. One is, I think if Evans had an actual quarterback then we might be having a different conversation here, but I don't think anybody expecting to put up another 1000 yard season if he stays with Tampa Bay this year. So yeah, just the streak is broken. Um, <laughs> but no, I think okay,
0: Pacheco probably Pacheco in a second might get it done. Plus Mike Evans, or you just think yeah. Pacheco in a second? There's no way Pacheco in a second. No, no, no. With
2: with Evans, I think if you bump the fifth, the fourth to a second.
0: Yeah, maybe. And in the debut league, it might be a debut player. Might, but even even then, it's probably not a debut player. So maybe
1: we'll keep trying. Yeah,
0: we'll try. I don't know is there another player like another running back that would be worth this deal? That's like worth doing this. Like could you go get Travis Etienne type range? Oh, I
1: I think I would rather have Pacheco and Evans in it. Oh
0: my so. goodness. All right. This is what I'm dealing with. This is why we can't get anywhere. <laughs> like it's, it's battling it's oh, like she really hates <laughs> me. Well, I'm, bat- I'm fighting myself. <sighs> <laughs> Alright. Alright, move on. What's his last one. All right.
2: Um, traded away debit or Chain, and Hooker, for Bellinger at twenty
0: fifth first, then
2: twenty four, fourth, and fifth. Twenty four, fourth, Wait, and fifth. Did you
0: wrong. did you trade away A chain?
2: No. I said traded away Bellinger.
0: Oh, okay. I, I thought you said the other way. Okay, so no. you got A chain and Hooker. Okay. Yep.
2: Yeah. For Bellinger at twenty fifth first, then twenty four whatever's. So basically it's 24. <laughs> what it's a fucking fourth and fifth what am i supposed no, to say you're
0: here? not wrong you're not wrong it's just funny i mean basically the trade is bellinger on the 25th first for the two players yeah no i, I yeah. like this trade for you i like this trade. i like i like yeah. devin and chain and Hendon hooker here
1: i was reading it backwards and i was kind of like what are you doing here uh no it's good uh just i think it's because i saw bellinger there and i'm like well i know you really like bellinger um so it's yeah it's a 24 25 first um 24th picks that you probably don't want in the first place and a tight end who's gonna have to probably sit a year before he does anything again for your boy A Chain and Hinden Hooker, who hopefully turns into something. Um Yeah, I mean, say if uh, you know A chain finishes, you know, uh top twenty and Hooker starts playing next year, this is an absolute smash. But it's twenty fifth first, like I don't even have any names for you. Um <laughs> no, no. I, I mean not really. Uh, Nick Singleton. Uh, but,
0: uh, that, yeah. <laughs> Unless you're, I mean, yeah, Zachariah. No, that's not even, no, there's actually, yeah. Who's in that draft class? Jeez. Manny's, what, Manning's what, 26? Roman Dunze. Uh, who? Manning? Yeah. Oh, Arch, Manning, yeah, yeah 26, Manning's right? 26. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, either way, uh, that's, it's, yeah, I don't know. You're hoping in 25 that your team is still competitive and that, that 25 first is late. And even then, like I said to you earlier, A chain's going back of the first, early second. That's essentially a twenty fifth, a twenty five first, right? Like that. So
1: like an early twenty five. So then Bellinger
0: and the other stuff for and Hooker. Like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think it's a great trade.
1: Yeah, and the best thing about it, whatever draft this is, rookie draft, you don't have to draft your uh,
2: fourth and fifth round. (laughs) This is (laughs) DU three, and then just have to like roster. Oh yeah, this
0: is DU three. This is Danny Sandoval for like three.
2: Yeah. No, and the thing with that, wait, we have five rounds. Do we? That's okay. what Billy. I thought it was a
0: third and a fourth,
2: but Billy put a fourth. And a fifth. Oh, oh, I put this. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's the other reason I was. Anyway, confu- that's the other reason I was confused when I was reading it. I was like, wait a minute. I always put everything. Backwards.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like a third and a fourth. I think I I miswrote that.
2: But yeah, I, I like to trade for you. Oh no, it's twenty. Okay, so it's Bellinger a twenty fifth first, twenty fourth, and twenty fifth fourth. Oh
0: okay.
1: Oh yeah,
2: same thing. But same still, difference.
0: yeah,
1: same thing. Yeah. No. Uh good trade. Cool. Anything else you guys want to talk about?
2: Go Heat Go Panthers. Nope. That's it for me. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Dynasty Underdog. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Underdog, at Uriah Dawkins, at Willie dff and at Josh M. Goldberg ninety two. Follow us on Discord. And again, Go Heat Go Cats.